When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti. Giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station. As we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome. Welcome, welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off Air Podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined by the head honcho, Mike Conti. And Mike, some very interesting news hit the Atlanta airwaves this week as we learned that our 2021 World Series champion Atlanta Braves will have a new voice this coming season as Mr. Carey of the illustrious Carey family will be moving on to, uh, I was about to say greener pastures, but I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. Everything's great here in Atlanta, two different pastures, shall we say. Um, He will be taking the job with the St. Louis Cardinals as they had a vacancy in their play-by-play voice as well. Uh, Quick synopsis for those who don't know, the Carey family was a long time in St. Louis before you, A lot of people associate Harry with the Cubs, but he was with the Cardinals uh, before that. And the the family and the entire city has a long history with that family. So, Mike, your initial thoughts. And then uh, what can we expect, you think, from a new voice for the Braves? Yeah, I mean, I it, you, first of all, I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, everyone associates Harry Carey with the Cubs. He only spent like a really small portion of his career with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Spent a long time as the Cardinals announcer, was briefly the White Sox announcer, and then went to the Cubs. Skip Carey, who's Chip's father, also worked in St. Louis and came to Atlanta with the Hawks. Uh, he came with the St. Louis Hawks to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Carey family has long and deep ties to St. Louis, and uh, I think it's really cool that Chip gets a chance to, um, I guess, kind of go home uh, if he considers it to be home. Um, and it, it, you know, you mentioned it's not necessarily greener pastures. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals' regional broadcast is one of the highest-rated regional broadcasts in baseball. I mean, they just have a tremendous following, so it's great for Chip. Um, I don't know what the, what the um, the Braves will do next. Um, 
I don't even know if it's the Braves' decision or if it's Bally Sports' decision, to be honest. I mean, I'm sure the Braves are going to have input, uh, but I, I don't know who makes that call, if it's the Braves or Bally Sports. As I understood it, I thought Chip was actually a Bally employee. Mm. Um, so I would assume that means Bally will will make the final decision. I mean, usually the way this goes, especially when it's so close to the season, um, first of all, Bally and the Braves have probably known about this a lot longer than we have. Right. Uh, they, they've probably been thinking about this for, for longer than we would realize. Um, this close to the season, my guess is Bally will probably look at who's in their, their I don't know, their bullpen, their, their, bullpen, their universe, uh, and they'll they'll probably make the best possible choice they can make from there. So you know, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, um, you know, too much on what they're going to do because I just really don't know. Uh, I I'm not very well connected over there. Uh, I don't really know what they have in the pipeline. Like I don't know if they have an announcer with Gwinnett or Mississippi or or something like that that they'd be looking to promote. Uh, but this close to the season, when teams kind of have their broadcast crews locked in. They're not going to have a lot of time to bring in a bunch of people and make a decision. Mike Bell had an interesting idea that he proposed on the air yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts on a sort of play-by-play list broadcast with maybe a Paul Bo- Paul Bird, a Brian Jordan, and Frenchie in there uh, sort of making it conversational as opposed to play-by-play? Yeah, I don't like that at all. Uh, okay. I, you have no one to direct traffic at that point. Uh, and it could just be a free for all with everyone talking, uh, especially some of the names that you've mentioned there. I just, I, I think it would be just nonstop prattle. Like you, you need to have a play by play announcer who's kind of directing the traffic flow and, uh, doing collision avoidance. Um, so I, I do not like that idea at all. And it's been experimented about, um, you know, occasionally in other parts of the league. And I think it's been kind of universally panned when it's been tried. I it, Now, granted, I'm biased because I am a play-by-play announcer. Right. But um, I think the play-by-play announcer is really, really important. Really, really important in contextualizing what's happening, but also keeping the broadcast moving. Now, uh, another topic in play in the world of play-by-play has been uh, the efforts of the likes of Greg Olson and Tony Romo, stock a little stock up, stock down, so to speak, where people are panning Tony Romo because they feel like he's gone off the rails a little bit. He's a little too goofy now. Uh, the sort of magician prediction that he was doing is worn off, whereas Greg Olson has given you more of a straight broadcast and. He seems to be more connected to the game. Now, my question off of that to you is, as a viewer and as someone who does play-by-play, does the announcer uh, sort of guide your viewing experience at all as a fan? Or is it something that no matter what, you're watching the game and it's just there for you to follow along with? For me, I think a good announcer can enhance the experience, and I think a bad announcer can ruin the experience. But I'm not going to turn off a game because a particular person is announcing unless I had a very, very, very casual interest in that game. Um, You know, I'll I'll give you an example from my post-college years. I mean, 
Penn State, after I graduated college in 2003 and 2004, they were just absolutely dreadful as a football program. And they went, I think, what, three and nine and then four and eight in back-to-back years. I mean, they were just terrible. And they were getting like the the G and H and I crews from either ESPN or uh, the Big Ten was syndicated over the air at that time by something called Creative Sports. Uh, like it, it, they were just getting the the bottom crews. Um, it didn't stop me from watching a Penn State game because I really really cared about it. But man, it it did kind of ruin the viewing experience. You right. know, but again, I'm watching it in a different way. I'm a play-by-play announcer. So when I hear play-by-play announcers making like accuracy mistakes or, uh, you know, not fully describing something the way they should out of laziness, that, that just really grates on me. A, a casual listener might not pick up on those things. But anyhow, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is if a certain person's assigned to a game, I'm... I'm not going to make my listening decision based on that person's calling a game, but I can tell you that it absolutely enhances or takes away. You know, I look forward to like, again, kind of speaking of Penn state, I look forward to Gus Johnson doing a Penn state game because he makes the game fun. He, he enhances it. He makes the game fun. Gus Johnson's partner in the booth. I don't think adds a whole lot, but he doesn't necessarily take away from my enjoyment, you know? But Gus makes the game fun. You know, if it's an example of, you know, some very, very milk toast, you know, um, not very creative, not very enjoyable announcer, um, I'm still going to watch, but it's it's just not going to be the same. Does the name Sergio Dip ring a bell to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I saw that clip floating around the other day. I did, too. I was trying to remember what the reason was. Like, that that, that kind of popped back up this week. Sergio Dip was a ESPN Deportes announcer that ESPN decided to put on the sideline of a Monday night doubleheader game because, I don't know, they, they, they were trying to promote something with him or something like that, and... Uh, uh, his his reporting was less than um, remarkable, I guess you could say, but it was remarkable in a way that it was so cringeworthy. Yeah, uh, I think the game might have been in Mexico. I think that might may have be, been, yeah. I think that might have been why they that were might doing have been it. Why. Yeah, that, I think you might be right on that. Yeah, his uh, his infamous uh, sideline report will live in history of broadcast television what was he talking about a coach was having the time of his life yeah something? he just couldn't get couldn't get the words out is right. the is the point way of putting it yeah yeah, yeah i mean every, everybody doctors have bad days just yep. as broadcasters have bad days uh i'll tell you who's not having a bad day it's 92 9 the game because we are out there amongst the people this week specifically on dukes and bell uh two really exciting broadcasts one coming up Later this afternoon, we are recording this on Wednesday as Dukes and Bell will be at the Atlanta United training facility as the new regime sort of takes shape and uh, we'll have players and we'll have coaches and special guests on throughout the afternoon. And then Friday, the guys are out in their element, if I do say so myself, at, bu- at the newest Buckhead Butcher Shop location. So you can expect plenty of meat. 
plenty of liquor and plenty of good times. Oh. Uh, Mike Bell, Mike Bell yelling about prime cuts. Yeah, hopefully not liquor at least during the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I no, no, have no. a full bar there now, but our <laughs> announcers are or announcers hosts are under instruction to not be consuming alcohol while they're on the air. So I just want to make that clear. Yes, but, of course, doing your brand managerial duties. I told, <laughs> I totally understand. But well, no, that, well, bucket, that bucket butcher shop remote that is going to be a lot of fun, uh, and I hope. You know, as many of you who are listening to us will join us for that. They do have a new location. It's kind of in that old Andrews upstairs area in Buckhead. Uh, people who've lived in Atlanta for a little while know what I mean. Like that used to actually be the hardcore Buckhead party district. Well, now Buckhead Butcher Shop has moved into a building in that party district. And I want to tell you, I've been there a couple times. Th this thing's amazing. I mean, it, it's like, combining a grocery store with the Ritz, you know? So yeah. imagine like the meat counter being in the middle of this, um, you know, marble furnished gold leafed uh, grocery story. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible, but they've also set up uh, a, like a demo kitchen where they have a chef that'll teach people how to do certain things. And it's almost like a kitchen stadium in a way where, uh, you can sit and watch, you can watch, um, like they have a two-way mirror above the, the countertop where you can see the chef slicing and chopping and, and, uh, you know, sauteing and everything like that. And then in the middle, they have kind of like this large dining room with a full bar. And I, I think that's where we're going to be set up. I'm not positive. I think that's where we're going to be set up on, um, on Friday. Really? I mean, if you want to have fun and see Carl and Mike in their element, and I know, you know, from a radio station standpoint, probably not too many sports talk radio stations in the country are going to do a broadcast from a meat market, but I think it does <laughs> make a lot of sense for us. Yes. Uh, because all of it, from me all the way down to, to, you know, everyone who works here, um, we all are really, really passionate about grilling. We enjoy doing it. We live in an area where you can do it year round. Buckhead Butcher Shop has been a great friend of the radio station for a long time. So I'm really looking forward to that. You know, the, um, the Atlanta United thing, it, I look at it this way from a brand manager standpoint. We broadcast every day from Falcons training camp. Mm -hmm. We broadcast from Hawks training camp when they get their season started. Why wouldn't we do that for Atlanta United as well? And if they're uh, gracious enough to give us the access, where today, you know, Carl and Mike, they're going to be, if you've been to the training ground, you know where they're going to be. There's a balcony that kind of overlooks the practice field connected to the main building. They're going to be right on that balcony, and they're going to be able to watch every single minute of practice today, or as they say in soccer, training. They're going to get to watch every single minute. They're going to have Brad Guzan on with them. They're going to have Garth Lagerway, the new team president, on with them. They're going to have um, Gonzalo Pinedo on with them. And it just kind of makes sense because – our first Atlanta United broadcast of the season is coming up Saturday at 2.30. That's right. Uh, yeah, Atlanta United is playing up in Chattanooga. They're playing a friendly. So it just kind of makes sense to kick off uh, what's going to be our seventh season, if you can believe that, of covering Atlanta United. Seven seasons, uh, I think. 17, 18, 19, 20, uh, Yeah, seventh season. Um, That's why they pay you the big bucks. Yeah, counting. Uh, right. <laughs> the highest paid radio host in our industry for a very, very long time in our format was known very well for drinking Diet Cokes and just counting on the air. That's, you know so, what? <laughs> where's the ding? 
so drinking <laughs> okay. diet cokes or coke zeros and counting on the air can make you very rich. That's no, right. uh, so it just I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of kickstart our coverage that way. You know this, Chris, because you see a lot of our download numbers. We really do have uh, a sizable um, fraction of our audience that is really, really um, very um, interested in our soccer content. They always mm-hmm. seek out. Uh, next to Dukes and Bell and Andy and Randy, our most downloaded daily element is Off the Woodwork. So I think a lot of this content will probably end up at Off the Woodwork. But the reason why we do so much soccer coverage, quite frankly, is because our audience demands it. So uh, if our audience is going to demand it, we're going to give it to them. And um, I'm looking forward to today. I think it's going to be a lot of fun out there. I really do appreciate the team giving us the access. And I hope that... That kind of um, serves as a model of what we can do with every other team in Atlanta, college pro. Like, if, if you give us the access, we'll come out and we'll we'll make it big and we'll we'll tell your story. And I'm I'm very grateful to Atlanta United. They're going to let us do that today. Now we usually don't get into the X's and O's on this podcast, but since you are the play-by-play voice of Atlanta United, I do know there is a portion of the fan base that is wondering uh, what type of shape the team is going to take this year. A lot of transactions made during the off season. Obviously, Joseph is no longer with the team. What's your uh, you know mile high view before we get started of where this team's at right now? Well, I don't think they're done bringing players in yet. Uh, like, for example, you mentioned Joseph Scott. Right now, they only have one center forward on the whole team, and it's Jackson Conway, who couldn't really stick with the first team last year. So, you know, we keep hearing that they have at least three more players that they're going to bring in. The transfer window is still open. So they have time. But right now, um, I mean, you could probably – make a pretty educated guess at what their first choice 11 is going to be. And it's frankly not going to look all that dissimilar from last year. Um, Miles Robinson will be back. Hopefully he stays healthy. Brad Guzan will be back. Hopefully he stays healthy. So I think your back line's probably secure. I think they probably play in a 4-3-3 like they've been doing under Pineda. Um, You know, Caleb Wiley, Miles Robinson, Juanjo Parata, Brooks Lennon, that's probably your back line. Um, Ozzy Alonzo is back as well. So he and he'll be, I think you're, you're holding midfielder from the jump because Santiago Sosa is going to start the season suspended for a couple games. Uh, but I think eventually that's going to be Sosa's role to, to walk into. And again, you just hope that he stays healthy. Um, you know, and then you'll have, uh, Tiago Almada in there. You'll have Derek Etienne, who I think is going to be really good. Luis Arruju is going to be in there. Uh, you don't know who the center forward necessarily is going to be, but uh, Mateus Ozetsu will be in that midfield with with um, Almada. Uh, I, so the the concern I have is just depth. Like I, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Hawks. Like their their starting group should be okay, but if anyone goes down, they're going to have some trouble. I think and. You know, what they, they really have to do right now, what they're doing is I think they've identified players that, uh, you know, have been very, very expensive for them and maybe have not quite performed to the, um, you know, level of their expense. And they're trying to move on from those players and create a lot of room 
to bring in new players like a Derek Etienne. So um, I know that long story short, I know that's a, a long answer. I'm sorry, Chris. I think they have a lot of work still to do. And this is not atypical for a preseason. I mean, last year, Atlanta United opened their preseason in Athens, Georgia, uh, against Georgia Revolution, which was a, a fourth-tier team in the U.S. soccer right. period. And I want to say maybe five of the players who started in that game were actually the starters week one against Sporting Kansas City. So um, none of this is unusual uh, in the way that MLS teams have to build. Um, well, that's why I asked you, because you're the man in the know. So don't think of it as a long answer. That was a very detailed answer that you're not going to find anywhere else other than the off-air podcast about the state of one of the most popular teams in the city. So that's that's good stuff right there. All right, Mike. We have our first repeat offender on the off-air podcast uh, in terms of our Hall of Fame audio clip of the of the week. Um, Tom Brady's at it again, talking about his retirement. Will he? Won't he? But this time, he decided to throw in a few choice words to his buddy Jim Gray, or Scratchy, as he likes to call him. I'm not really sure where that nickname came from. But uh, the GOAT was asked by Jim Gray on their Let's Go podcast about his future, and this was his response. Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. All right, Tom. Let's let's settle down here. I mean, Mike, let's let's deconstruct this for a second. Peel back the onion, as they say. As people who work in the industry, we know exactly what this was. You don't <laughs> go into a podcast like me and you prep for this podcast. So if me right. and you prep for this podcast, you better think that Tom Brady is prepping for his podcast. And if you think Jim Gray sniped in there with a question about his future without running it by Tom and his producing team first, you had the wool pulled right over your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and I, I mean, to go a little bit further into it, uh, Tom Brady and Jim Gray have a very close relationship. But, I mean, to, and I think this is to Jim Gray's credit, but there are a couple very prominent athletes who, um, I don't want to say use Jim Gray, but but like they have Jim Gray as a resource to um, he's a mouthpiece. He's a mouthpiece for them. I, they 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 go to Jim Gray for a platform. Yes, I think let, let's. I think that's the most fair way of putting it. Okay. They uh they go to Jim Gray for a platform. Um anyhow, so it, yeah, I don't know. I I look, it's um this is going to give us fodder for the next couple weeks at least until um you know, Tom Brady I guess may well, even if Tom Gray, Brady declares what he's going to do, he could always change his mind like he did last year, I don't know. Yeah. But um you know, th th this is how the media has changed a little bit in the last decade or so. Now, I, I think, you know, players like Tom Brady have leverage where, you know, they can call their own press conference. They don't have to wait for us to go to them. They can call their own press conference. Uh, and the way Tom Brady has been doing that for years and, and, you know, Jim Gray's had a very successful business relationship with him in doing it. 
uh, Tom Brady goes to Jim Gray and um, they get it out that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I, ju- I just think, you know, we see these guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady who are at the peak of their profession, have more money than we could ever dream of 10 times over, you know, date celebrities and the most beautiful people in the world and get to do something that we all wish we could do for a living. And yet they can still be so dramatic and so petty and so, and like the rest of us in that way, you know, they want to be seen in a certain way and they want, you know, John Q public to look at them in a certain way and, and immortalize them as their heroes. And they do this kind of stuff. It's like, do, do you need to do that, Tom? Can you just let us know what your plans are and keep it moving? Or do we need to create, a spectacle by you dropping F-bombs on your podcast. That's going to be, I mean, it's smart by him, honestly, because you know, every radio station from California to New York played that clip yesterday and their host talked about it. I know we did on Dukes and Bell and it would have been a disservice if we didn't. So I think he wins at the end of the day. No, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, no, I mean, Again, like Tom Brady's how old now? 45. Yeah. Like he, he's played this game for 30, almost 30 years. He he knows what he's doing. Um, and Jim Gray knows what he's doing too. Yeah. It's a, what, what do they call that, Mike? A symbiotic relationship. That's right. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's what the, I think that's what that's called. So that's we, right. we will see what the future has in store for Mr. Brady. All right. Follow Mike on the Twitter at, Mike Conti 929. I am at C Thomas Radio. We will talk to you guys in just a few days. We will have a uh, a Super Bowl to talk about next week, Mike. That's right. that's exciting. And uh we will give you an honest review of not only the shenanigans, but the meats from Buckhead yeah. Butcher Shop after that show on do you have any Do you have any requests, by the way? Like is there anything we need to to pull for you there? Do you need some like A5 Wagyu? Oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a simple man, Mike. Just give me okay. some good like pork or some pulled pork or something like that. And I am, I'm ready to go. They've got that too. Yeah. But you at the problem is you have to cook it. You have to pull it. Yeah. I may uh, have to uh, bring that down to, or up to my buddies out in Canton, my buddy Todd and his family. Come over to my place. Or we can do you by now. Come over to my place. Or, we, we can smoke a butt. We can do that too. I would yeah. love to. Sm- I would love to smoke a butt with you, Mike Conte. There you go. Let's do it. Book it. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll pl- we'll plan it. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time.